Newsbreak podcast. You, the most exciting news of the day. Yes, we're talking results and inching forth to that halfway mark where South Africa decides, and now we decipher it here and what you can expect as well. Well, coming up on this dual program where we do half of the program and we cross to our Durban studio with Matthew Viren there doing the other half, you can expect from Pretoria the ANC unconcerned about a possible drop in the national support at the polls. And at this stage, the IFP celebrates a regained ground in KwaZulu-Natal and will also bring you in-depth analysis of the current 2019 leaderboard. And from our team in Durban... Hi, good afternoon, Talisha. And uh, yes, it is uh, that time of the day. Newsbreak, 1 o'clock. It's a very special edition of Newsbreak. Uh, we have a one-hour edition bringing you the latest results from the 2019 national and provincial elections. I am joining you live from the IEC Results Centre here in Mayville, Durban. And uh, yes, I'll come up about 1.30 this afternoon and bring you the latest with regards to results coming through in KwaZulu-Natal. It's now back to you, Talisha and Taresh. Well, thanks, uh, Matthew. It sounds very exciting there, as it does here as well. Electrifying as the results are coming in, we see swarms of political parties on the floor trying to get the latest, waiting in anticipation for those results. And as I was talking to uh, some of the political parties, Taresh Hariprashad also managed to speak to one of the parties that is actually leading at the moment. Well, were the, the voter districts completed at 38.59%, that is, the ANC national chairperson, Gwede Mantashe, says that they have not been campaigning for a percentage, but a mandate to govern. Well, with 38.59% of voter districts declared by um, the ruling party has a clear majority with about 56.13%. But many analysts and most recently, the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research suggests that the ANC will not reach the 60% mark in the general election. But Mantashe isn't phased. We're 30% there and we're leading already. We campaigned hard to be given a mandate to govern. It's on the way. Uh, we can only improve from where we are. We worked very hard for it. Results sometimes don't reflect the hard effort you put into anything. But there we are. Uh, we're hoping that it can, we can improve. Mm. Mr. Mantashi, I think a lot of uh, researchers are saying ANC not likely to reach the 60% mark. Your thoughts on that we at this stage? We're campaigning for a percentage. We are campaigning to get a mandate to govern. If we are given the, 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 the mandate to govern, we'll be happy. After we'd have loved to govern the Western Cape, but it looks not so good. Yeah. We wish we can recover dramatically then. If we can be given a mandate to govern everywhere, we'll be happy with it. I think, Mr. Matashe, also the other point is that if, if you look at it, uh, 25 years of democracy is so significant for the ANC. Your thoughts on the sentimentality of this vote? Once we get uh, the mandate to govern now, it will take us to 30 years. So that means that we'll have done uh, relatively well in terms of international standards. Room for improvement? Always. There's always room for improvement. There's a concept called continuous improvement. Okay continuous improvement is a very important principle because it guides you in always putting more effort to improve.
five polling stations didn't vote. Your thoughts on that? Are you going to challenge it with the there IEC? Something called IEC, which is a very professional body. It must deal with those issues. It is running the elections, and elections are not like opening a tab. They will always have hiccups here and there. They must deal with that. And that was ANC National Chairperson Gwede Mantashi talking to Newsbreak's Tarish Hari Prashad. Now, just to give us a bit of an overview of these results that have been coming in, we are joined in our Pretoria studio here with uh, political analyst Professor Dakota. A very good uh, afternoon and uh, welcome to Newsbreak. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Professor, maybe you listened to this interview now. And uh, if you could tell us, you know, uh, the uh, ANC National Chairperson Gwede Mantashi is saying that that uh, they have not been campaigning for percentage, but rather a mandate to govern. Your views on this? Well, a mandate means anything above 50%. So, but the ANC is in a, it will have its own benchmarks, you know, whether it's set in public or not. And the, the two benchmarks are the 53% of the 2016 election and the 62% of the previous national and provincial election in 2014. So in between that, I think they will have to position themselves and they will have a good idea of when is it a real successful election for them or when did they just survive. And I think where, where they are now and the, the projection from the CSIR is something between 55% roundabout or 56%, it went up to 57%, um, but it's well below the 60%. I would say 57% and more will say, well, we are relatively safe. But once it is above 60%, then the ANC will say, we actually did well. So for me, those are the top of benchmarks in terms of how we, we should look at the ANC. Quite a different attitude, if I could come in with the question. Quite a different attitude now from the ANC compared to previous uh, elections. You know, saying we, we're not really worried about campaigning for percentage, but rather uh, for the mandate. Why do you believe that attitude shift is there now? Well, they are much more under pressure, and they have, in 2016, they have lost very important metros. Uh, now there's the question about the future of Gauteng in, for the ANC. I mean, we are now even starting to see something which I thought, thought is a bit unthinkable, and that they become under pressure even in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, at the moment, the, the projection, again, from the CSIR is around about 54%, which is almost 10% down on 2014, which is... Uh, I, I would say was, it's almost was unpredictable, um, given the fact that one could have th thought maybe a slight decline, but not this scale of decline. Um, so I think the ANC is actually very concerned um, that they are not satisfied. If, if it was about 60%, then they could have said, well, I, we have repeated our mandate. We have actually an endorsement for the, for the future, the leadership of President Ramaphosa. And I think President Ramaphosa himself will have to will ask some questions about these results because he was the face of the ANC's campaign now. He, was, he presented the ANC's campaign as about renewal, as about a new dawn for, for the ANC. Um, and the results at the moment don't look like it, it reflects that, you know, or that there's an endorsement by the public in general. One concerning factor is also the voter turnout, the fact that the voter turnout where we stand at the moment, and again from the CSIR's projection, it's around about 64%. A significant decrease. Yes, which is compared to the 73% of the previous election. Plus, 
then the 6% decline in the registration of voters. So there's a clear message coming from the public, from the voting public, that uh, they, they may give an, a, a mandate to the ANC nationally and, and in the province, even to the DA in the Western Cape, but it's a qualified mandate. It's a mandate that says we are concerned about this current situation. We are very much concerned about corruption. That's Internationally, this is an indicator of the business problems with, uh, b about corruption. So I think the INC will know there's a public discourse and then there's an internal reflection on it. And in terms of the internal reflection, I think they, they will receive this message. And speaking of that concern coming from the ANC and as maybe as you're saying, the dissatisfaction coming from the public, that can be seen in KwaZulu-Natal because the IFP has regained ground in the 2019 general elections in KwaZulu-Natal. So, so far, they are the second leading party in the province uh, as, you know, the vote counting continues, but they have definitely made significant improvements in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. So I spoke earlier on to IFP's Mkuleko Shlengwa who says although it's early days, uh, the party is satisfied with its results thus far. Yes, that is indeed so. I, th I think this is, this is the first time since 1994 that the IFP actually is turning an, around the trend. You know, it has been a consistent decline since 1994, both in terms of national as well as local elections. Um, and we've seen it ex uh, in the last local election, 2016, when this turnaround started to happen. And it was clear that it was that gains from the NFP. And it looks like in this election, again, it follows that trend, that a lot of the, the votes that they've lost when the NFP was formed, um, returned back to the to the EFP, uh, to the IFP. Um, and what we in the process what happens is that they will most possibly replace the DA as the official opposition in the province also. Well, that's what it's looking like right now when we look at the results coming through from KwaZulu-Natal. Uh, you know, the IFP leapfrogging the EFF and the Democratic Alliance. But before we continue with uh, an overview of that, let's get to that interview with uh, the IFP's Mkuleko Shlengwa, where I spoke to him earlier on, where he expressed his satisfaction with the results. It's early days. We are welcoming these results currently, or those that have already been logged with caution and with the hope that the numbers will pick up and we are pretty certain that when the big districts um, report um, there will be an increase in those votes. But obviously we welcome the fact that we are in an upward trajectory. In the midst of all of that we welcome these results with great concern and an element of anxiety given the irregularity that have been reported and we have lodged the complaint now with the IEC and the PLC meeting which met a short while ago um, has made a commitment. The IEC is saying they will investigate these matters particularly around double voting and the fact that um, ink was removable. You had people not being filling in the VEC4 forms, um, the zip zip machine, a shortage of ballot papers and so on, not opening on time. We are expecting the ISC to conclude that matter with great speed so that we can restore the collective integrity of this vote. Talking about the integrity of the vote, you know, we do know the IFP's policies that have come through from manifestos, but just taking forward with these results that are coming through right now, what can KZN in particular expect from the IFP going forward? 
Well, the people of KwaZulu-Natal can continue the same IFP which works with commitment and integrity, the same IFP that is on the side of the people, the same IFP that advocates for the collective interests of job creation, economic growth and development in general because we believe that our people need to be taken out of the quagmire of poverty and restore the dignity of particularly the privileged disadvantages to find themselves presently disadvantaged because of the shortcomings within the system. And so the IFP's track record of service delivery where we have governed and continue to govern now should be the greatest assurance that we remain a voice of reason and an active agent of socio-economic development and economic justice. The IFP has gained lost ground in its struggle of KwaZulu-Natal. What do you think the success is owed to? That is unity and diversity. National and social um, cohesion is an imperative um, and a core of the IFP's existence. And we believe that whatever problems and challenges and mess South Africa finds itself in, it is incumbent on all of us to actually deal with it. We strongly condemn um, the kind of racial and racist rhetoric which characterized um, the election campaign. We certainly don't believe... It is consistent with the 1994 dream of liberation and reconciliation and most certainly inconsistent with um, the constitutional prescripts of this country. Now, that was IFP's Mkuleko Shlengwa. Professor, as you heard Mr. Shlengwa talking about the IFP's concern when it came to, you know, the irregular ballot boxes and all the concerns and glitches that have been reported by the IEC, it's something that has been talked about here in Pretoria as well. Uh, you know, what's your, your view on that? Because I know that they are also looking into Section 24A. Maybe if you can explain to us more about that. But uh, twin, uh, Section 24A is about um, voting by voters um, outside the districts where they have been registered. Um, that means that we had these different uh, two main um, weekends when we could register as voters. But let's say yesterday, for example, someone was somewhere else in South Africa or in another part of a, of a particular province for whatever reason, but they still wanted to vote. Then this Section 24A enables them to go to another district, a voting station, um, vote there, but first they had to fill in this specific form that was referred to. Um, that only applies to the, um, national and provincial elections, not local government elections, and that's a very important distinction. Um, but what it does, the effect of it is that um, what we've seen yesterday, for example, the shortage of ballot papers in some of the voting stations, because then they couldn't really plan in advance to, to know exactly how many voters can go because it becomes actually open-ended. Um, in some voting stations, no one may vote, and some of those that were supposed to vote there then vote in the other station, and that station is not prepared for that. So that is something from a logistical point of view. It makes it very much difficult to plan in advance. At the same time, because the, um, the system that's being used by the IEC is, is basically only the ink in order to, to prevent someone from voting more than once. Um, except if you want to try to vote in the same voting district for a second time. But the so-called zip-zip machine that is that's, that many, we, many people know about or have seen yesterday, that is in a sense registering the person's position on the voter's roll. And it registers that the person is there and is, is going to vote. So, but that is not an online system. It is only, it's a, that information has been downloaded just for that particular machine. So when that person has registered, has voted or has gone through that process of giving the information to the person who's dealing with this machine, it 
it's not taken uh, note of in anywhere else. Mm? And because of that, you it makes it possible that if you remove the ink from your finger, then there's actually no way in which a person or the, the voting agents or the voting uh, staff in the other voting district will be able to know that you voted already. And that created this uncertainty that we have at the moment. But we do also understand that the IEC will be briefing the media just around 2 o'clock just to give an overview of that as well, an explanation behind that. But let's go now to my colleague, Tarej Hari Pashad, who's going to give us an analysis and overview of the results that have been coming in so far. Tarej, tell us what is uh, you know, making a headway here. Almost 40% of voting districts completed. And what it's telling us is that the ANC uh, is up on the leaderboard. They've got about 56.1% of support at this stage, followed by the DA on 24.3% and the EFF on 9% of support. And coming in at fourth place, and I think um, and this was particularly something we spent time on in the morning because it was quite interesting, the Freedom Front Plus sitting at about 2.9% ahead of the IFP who sits at 1.8%. So that's your top five, what it looks like at the moment. And, and I think at this stage, what we can also indicate is that you've got good running in the top 10. They currently sit um, at, I think it is now seventh place. Yeah, they sit at seventh place and um, with only, you know, about 40% of these votes declared. So it's it's really an interesting time. And of course, um, I think a lot of attention then being focused on Freedom Front Plus, and I'm sure you're going to touch on this in your second uh, segment of your uh, analysis, Talisha, with Professor Kotzer. You know, the Freedom Front Plus and good, what are they going to do with the ground they've made? Are they giving it to other parties? Um, you know, ANC likely to to need a bit more support if it's to be believed by the CSIR that they're going to just hover around the 50%. Also, the EFF and DA likely um, to need a bit more support to have a bit more clout in the provinces. So that's what's coming through in terms of the leaderboard. And then just a, a quick sort of reaction that has come through from a lot of parties with regard to it. Of course, Lisha, you spoke there to the IFP. They're quite happy, quite confident about this. You know, what they're calling this dramatic change in the party's election results. So they're quite happy with the results. They feel that they've... It's it's been working in their favor um, and you know that's the sentiment coming through from there. And in Gauteng, of course, as Professor indicated, a very dicey province there. It's, it's, it's been quite, uh, I think, 20, if 2016 um, you know, showed us anything, it was shock after shock with the metros being lost there from the ANC control. So the ANC, DA and the EFF still in the top three position there. But it's interesting to see what's going to happen now in terms of coalitions. Of course, the Freedom Front Plus and good, likely to be kingmakers, many suggesting at this stage. So that's where, um, you know, the, the dynamic is, is going. And I think uh, also a lot of analysts are talking about the fact that um and this is interesting to end Talisha, uh, uh, some african uh, african speaking um um voters who had initially gone to the d a um now are starting to look for more options to take forward their concerns and this comes to the whole aspect of change doesn't it so that's where the leaderboard is looking and that's what the sentiment is coming through we are going to be bringing you more analysis and more um, you know updates with regard to this it's back to you Talisha thanks for that Tarish but uh, Professor 
Let us just give us an overview of Gauteng, of, of you know the, the whole national view. Mm. I want to go to one uh, particular province, which is the Northwest, uh, because that is the province that the EFF expected to gain a lot of ground on, seeing the fact that you know the Northwest is the birthplace of Julius Malema. He was very uh, you know vociferous in the way he was actually campaigning in that province. But from the numbers that's coming through so far, uh, you know the the whole uh, voter turnout so far being at. 57.26%, the EFF only performing at 17.49% compared to the ANC at 63.98%. I mean, uh, you know, uh, that's quite interesting, wouldn't you say? Well, I, I think it's a reflection on the EFF in general. Um, the, the EFF, the, the first point which is important to when you talk about the EFF is that previously, that means 2014 election specifically, but also 2016, the, the province in which they actually was over-concentrated was is Gauteng. Uh, about almost 40% of all the votes of, of the EFF came from Gauteng. Secondly was Northwest and Lumpurpur, where they also became the official opposition parties. If we take us, ourselves back to when the EFF was formed in 2013, where were they formed? At Marikana. That means the Northwest. And they used the Marikana massacre in a very symbolic way as almost the, the, the signature uh, event of, for their formation. You know, and their concerns, therefore, about workers, about mine workers, about being outside the main urban metropolitan areas. But when we look at the, those who are supporting the, the EFF nowadays, well, with the past two elections, they were mainly young people, students in Gauteng. So it's actually the urban middle class who supports or who supported the, the EFF. And and not, for example, workers. And and the Marikana was, in a sense, was an isolated phenomenon. You know? they, they couldn't take that through to other parts of South Africa also. They were very weak in what I would call the coastal provinces, like KwaZulu-Natal, the Eastern Cape, Western Cape, Northern Cape very much concentrated in the northern provinces. And I think what we are seeing now is, is that they haven't yet broken through that glass ceiling, I would say, um, that, that they established for themselves in the previous elections. And, and therefore, uh, their position in, in the northwest, to some extent, can be explained within this paradigm or this framework, um, that they are over-reliant over on Gauteng, um, and that they... They don't have that same momentum that they that they initially had in the northwest to take it beyond the the very well established centres um, of support in the province, and I think that was the reason why it looks like they've actually reached some form of ceiling there. You know, Thresh gave us the overview of the uh, parties such as the Good Party. And let's look at those smaller parties right now because the FF Plus making headway uh, when we're looking at the National Assembly now with 2.93% of the vote, just coming in fourth just after the uh, EFF. And then if we look at parties such as Good, 0.63%. And the ATM, a newcomer, at just 0.46%. The ATM, you know, Nelson Mandela Bay, that's where they're making the inroads there. Uh, you know, what would you say this is owed to for a fairly new party coming into into play? Well, the, it, it was predictable that the ATM will do best um, in the Eastern Cape. Again, it is very much sort of tied to leadership, to leading personalities in the, in, in the party. For example, the 
the, the ACM, which is linked to Slaudi Motswaneng, is doing best in the Free State because of his association with the Free State. And that is at the same time the limitation of all these parties, is that they are linked to individuals or to, to personalities. They are linked sometimes to regions or sometimes even sort of ethnic groups, like for example the UDM and, and others. Um, and so they don't have necessarily the potential to become a party with a national appeal. And I think that is why most of these parties remain very small and cannot break through in order to become to develop a growth um, a potential. Um, and and I, I, my prediction is this, that most of these parties, most of the 48 parties in, in general, will have will be one election parties, um, and they, we won't necessarily see them in in the next uh, general election because of this reason. You know, talking about these smaller parties where we're taking good, we're taking ATM, and you're talking about all these political candidates that's there. You know, just before we hand over to our, our team in Durban, what's the chance? I still know it's it's still pretty early to predict this, but what are the chances looking like for these smaller parties to actually form a coalition and, you know, become more instrumental? I don't think there's very much of a chance. What we are most possibly going to see is that the top three parties maybe plus a little bit of the Freedom Front Plus, plus the IFP, the, so the five, let's call it the top five thing, they will have around about 90% of the total vote. You know, the remaining 10% will have to be split about amongst 43 parties. And that is why you have mentioned these parties, most of them will have less than 1% support, 1% support. And that is why I would say very few of them actually will receive seats um, in the national parliament and as well as in the provincial legislatures to actually become, to have a presence. But because that they are confined to that category of 10%, they will only be able to play and role when there is very marginal differences between parties, where one party, like let's say, let's take for example the Gauteng. Um, it was the case in 2016 with the local government election where the ANC had received 48%, so they needed about 2%. For that, you can then use small parties, and you don't have to involve the bigger parties like the EFF or, or the, uh, the DA in order to complete that coalition partnership. That's where small parties can play a role, but in general, um, you know, as a group, I, I don't see any future for them. Uh, that's Professor Dakota saying that with such a smile on his face. Well, it's exciting times here at the Results Operations Center in Pretoria. Just before we hand over to the team in Durban, the voter districts completed sitting at 39.73%. We've got voter turnout at 65.45%. Spoiled votes now, 76,902 of those. The three top parties, the ANC leading with 56.21% of the votes, the Democratic Alliance, 24 0.17% of the votes and the Economic Freedom Fighters with 9.14% of the votes. Well, let's hand over to our team in Durban where we have executive producer Sama Patel will give us the latest with the market review. Making sense of your rand. The market update on Newsbreak, Lotus FM.
Good afternoon. Let's start off with the currencies. And the rand is trading at 14 rand 37 to the US dollar, 18 rand 65 to the pound sterling, 16 rand 7 to the euro, 10 rand and 3 cents to the Australian dollar, and at 9 rand 44 to the New Zealand dollar. In India, 1 rand is trading at 4 rupees 86. In Sri Lanka, at 12 rupees 19. In Pakistan, at 9 rupees 81. And in Mauritius, at 2 rupees 43. The Saudi Arabian real is changing hands at 3 rand 83. The cryptocurrency Bitcoin is trading at $6,058 or 87,053 rand. Looking at commodities, gold is trading at $1,284 and platinum is at $855 per ounce, while the price of Brent crude oil is at $70.45 a barrel. Well, that's it for the this uh, market review update. For Newsbreak, I'm Salma Patel. SA Decides 2019. Good afternoon. Just past 1.30. It is Newsbreak on Lotus FM. I'm Matthew Vera. Now, you can expect everything you need to know regarding KwaZulu-Natal and the elections in the next half hour. I'll also be giving you updates on provincial results here in KZN. I am joining you live from the IEC Results Center in Mayvill. And uh, we just heard the market review now, so let's uh, stay with business issues. The 2019 general election will not impact local market trade until policies are changed or adjusted by the next administration. Now, this is according to the chief economist at Econometrics, that's Dr. Azar Jamin. He says that after the elections, whoever is elected into power has a huge task of growing an economy that has not grown beyond 2% since the year 2013. Dr. Jamin also added that government's ability to cut expenditure will also be key in the build-up to the Moody's review of South Africa in November this year. Because of the uncertainties regarding the implications of the election results, uh, I think one will be very surprised to see major market reactions. On the contrary, what we have seen in recent weeks in the run-up to the elections is that the markets have been moved more than anything by overseas uh, international financial developments rather than by uh, the run-up to uh, considerations of our own domestic election. For example, in the last few days, the RAND has weakened primarily because of concerns regarding the implications for global growth and for Chinese growth in particular of the threat imposed by President Trump to increase tariffs on Chinese imports into the United States. Last week, on the other hand, you had a period during which the RAND actually rallied quite nicely on the back of uh, news that the U.S. economy was doing a lot better than previously believed. So uh, there's no question that it's international factors that are dominating movements and markets rather than domestic ones. We do know the next Moody's review is in November this year, and that's the last six months to stabilize the economy, whoever does come into power. But what would be the challenges faced in meeting the targets here, the issues on the ground, low growth rates, high unemployment, and an ever-widening public debt? That is the huge challenge, and that is in terms of how can government try and arrest the rising trajectory of public debt to GDP. This would require addressing the enormous fiscal uh, problems faced by state and enterprises, the most important obviously being ESCOM. Uh, but, also, but I think the ratings agencies would want to see 
a concrete and constructive action to try and address some of these problems. Uh, also, the fight against corruption, if they saw that the government was serious about bringing the perpetrators of corrupt activities to book, I think that would provide a little bit of uh, uh, relief and reassurance to the uh, ratings agencies. So we're going to have to wait and see. Most important of all is to see what the cabinet that uh, President Ramaphosa appoints after the election looks like. Firstly, will he reduce the size of the cabinet as a very important signal of determination to constrain government spending? Secondly, will he... Uh, uh, exclude those uh, figures that have been known to be guilty of corrupt practices. And that was Chief Economist at Econometrics, Dr. Azar Jamin, talking there to Newsbreaks, Hussein Ibrahim. Let's move on to some other stories this afternoon. We are at the IEC Results Centre here in KwaZulu-Natal in Mayville. So let's talk KwaZulu-Natal results. Now, the build-up to the final results in the sixth national general elections continues as the results slowly trickle in at the IEC Results Centre. Our reporter, Minoshne Pele, now joins me at uh, the nerve centre here in Mayville. She has been monitoring the provincial results. Minoshne, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon, Matthew. So with just over 21% of voting districts completed, would you say there's been any surprises coming through regarding the results in KZN? We see the ANC leading IFP in second, the DA currently in third place. Matthew, absolutely not. Even chatting to the analysts, the status quo currently in KZN uh, remains as it has been. Um, just to give you put things in perspective, uh, the 2014 general election, the ANC had 64.52% of the vote, the DA 12.76, and the IFP 10.86%. Uh, and and it, all indications uh, point likely that that is the current order that we are going to see even once voting concludes. So currently, while we must emphasize it is still very early days, um, the status quo looks unlikely to shift in KwaZulu-Natal. Okay, and Manoshni, you have been here at the IEC Results Center from the early parts of the morning, and uh, you were here throughout uh, all these results coming through. What sort of reactions have you gauged thus far? Well, we've uh, we've taken a very personal uh, route and we've been chatting to political part- parties one-on-one, uh, getting some feedback from them on what, how they feel with the initial results. The DA, Zwakele Mwango, says he's very confident, very pleased with the push the DA has made in the rural areas so far. He's confident that they're going to remain the official opposition in the province. The IFP saying that they are waiting for their stronghold areas to come in, that it, the results currently are not an indication of the power of the IFP, and perhaps that's true with just about 20% of voting districts declared. And chatting to IEC officials, they've made it clear to us, Matthew, there's still a very long way to go. We're only looking at, uh, the IEC has just told us, we're looking at results being declared officially for the province on Saturday at midday. And we all know Ichiquini is a very large municipality. Voting started there late yesterday. So we may not even have Ichiquini results declared today. So there's still a very, very long way to go for KwaZulu-Natal. Well, as you heard it there, the latest coming through from our reporter, Minoshni Pillay. Minoshni, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. It's a pleasure.
10 female fighters journey from around the world, living in one house, training together, and then fighting each other to avoid elimination and to win the ultimate prize. This is The Fighter. The hit reality TV series premieres this Saturday as Team Soldier Boy clashes with Team Lazar. The Fighter, every Saturday at 8 p.m. on SABC3. Brought to you by SABC Sport. Dr. Mindy Lahiri is a talented obstetrician with a chaotic personal life who struggles to find the perfect relationship, remain focused at work, stay current on reality TV, and channel her inner warrior, Beyonce Pad Thai. She shares her practice with three doctors, one who is in an on-and-off relationship with Mindy, the other who is the resident punching bag, and the frat boy who knows nothing about the opposite sex. The Mindy Project starts Friday, 10 May at 8.30 p.m. only on SABC3. SA Decides 2019 It is Newsbreak on Lotus FM. I am joining you from the IEC Results Center in Mayville. Now, um, we are talking about KwaZulu-Natal in this half of the program. Let's talk about some of the issues that have plagued KwaZulu-Natal over the past uh, few hours. The IEC in the Harry Gwala region here in southern KZN says no serious incidents of violence have been reported in areas which were considered as problematic. Now, a number of wards last week threatened to boycott voting at three municipalities such as uh, Dr. Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma, also Mzumkulu municipality, but the IEC's regional manager Simon Lingani says that all 342 voting stations have delivered their ballots at the centre and counting is continuing without any glitches. Let's move to Newcastle now because IEC officials in Newcastle's uh, Newcastle, Dunhauser and Freyhead also in northern KZN have finished the counting of votes at polling stations and are now with the process of capturing, reconciling and auditing of the results of the local officers. Officials say the process is running smoothly and that they can expect results to be released through the course of the afternoon and into the early evening. Meanwhile, not so good news for Zululand residents yesterday because they expressed their frustrations after voting had to be conducted by candlelight as a result of a power outage at a power station or a, poli- uh, a polling station rather in Ulundi in northern KZN. The IC officials say that the electricity is still not returned to the area and vote counting had to be conducted in the dark. So just some of the issues coming through uh, from KwaZulu-Natal. And another interesting story to note is that voter turnout in this year's national elections has dropped quite significantly. Nationally, 8% less voters went to the polls. Back in 2014, five of the nine provinces had a voter turnout of about 70%. This year, though, not a single province recorded a voter turnout above 70%. Gauteng, with 68%, has the highest number of voters going on to cast their ballot. The lowest, with more than uh, just 55%, is Limpopo and the Northwest. And uh, moving on to other news now, parties here in KwaZulu-Natal say they are confident of taking the majority of the vote with results declared from rural districts. It's still too early to determine who will take the lion's chair. Now, the Inkata Freedom Party, the IFP, which initially had 10 seats back in 2014 in the National Assembly, say they are confident of taking a few more this year. IFP MP Naren Singh is based at the uh, KZN IEC Nerve Centre right here in Mayville. 
He spoke to Newsbreak. We did know that we'll do much better than we had done in 2014. The figures that are coming through suggest that, but it's early days. Uh, only 20% of the results have come through. From indications that uh, we are receiving from our leadership in uh, the northern parts of Zululand and other areas, uh, results which have not been captured yet by the IEC suggest that we did pretty well. Of course, we'll wait and see what happens in Teguini and Peter Maritzburg because those are two urban areas where parties like the ANC and the DA and the EFF could capture more votes than us. But even that being the case, we still think that in these urban areas we would uh, fare much better than we had done in the past and that's going to be a plus on the overall figures. Now the IFP did try a final push in chats with especially. Do you anticipate a good performance there? Well, we were able to tap into a people that we never had before as supporters. And, you know, if we move from one to two, that's a 100% increase. And, and I think it's a sign of the times that uh, hopefully in time, people from Chatsworth and other areas will realize that uh, we are a minority in a majority country and we've got to start assimilating with the majority. It's, it's imperative for the sake of our children and our grandchildren that we do that, not because they are the majority, but because, you know, we need to live as, as, as uh, South Africans in one South Africa and ensure that social cohesion takes place. As it stands now, will the IFP be lodging any objections? We have lodged objections at individual stations, mainly around Section 24, because we believe there could be better checks and balances with regard to Section 24. People were voting twice, we know that. And that was IFP MP Naren Singh talking there to Newsbreak Salma Patel. Meanwhile, the ANC is performing stronger than any other party, although with smaller support. Now, the KZN ANC spokesperson, that's Nomagugu Semalani Zule, Zulu says that uh, they have also lodged some objections with the IEC. So of course it's still early on. We're still going to get a lot of results that are coming in. But the, with the regions and the big regions that we're expecting, we're expecting them as they come in to make a huge difference in the vote of the African National Congress. So yeah, we are very excited. Now some analysts did say that there was a lot of infighting within the ANC that could have affected results at the polls. Do you believe this is the case? Not at all. Look, we, we had challenges as the ANC and something we can't run away from particularly in the province. Uh, from 2015, we had our own issues, our own internal issues, our own battles in terms of leadership. But as soon as 2018 took over, beginning of the year, we all came together and decided that it is not in the interest of the African National Congress. And when you look at the campaign that we have ran in the province since July 2018, you will realize that we had worked together as all groups, as all, or well, as all comrades who have different perspectives. So, no, we do not believe that the, the different views that were there in the ANC are going to play a role or even a divisive role for that matter because everyone worked together towards a, 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 a goal that is in the interest of the ANC. Now some parties also said that the ANC was involved in vote rigging and in, in some instances, you know, double voting. Do you have a response to this? It's difficult when parties that are themselves uh, accused of, of double voting, are themselves accused of rigging, are saying the ANC has done the same. Standing here today, I can tell you that in what for, in, uh, in, in Big Five Kabisa, a councillor of the IFP was caught red-handed with two people who were coming to vote for the second time. And the case has been officially opened, and two people have been arrested. Now that is an IFP, not the African National Congress. And that was the ANC KZN spokesperson Nomagugu Similane Zulu talking there to Newsbreak Salma Patel. And Al Jamaa party leader Hanif Hendricks says despite their smaller numbers, 
They're not looking to form an alliance or coalition in order to survive in the political landscape. However, he does add that the party is not adverse to working with the ANC. We're very uh, impressed with the uh, results for our particular party. Uh, we now have a footprint in all nine provinces and um, we are doing much better than we did in the previous elections. Now you're one of the smaller parties in the country. Are you looking to actually make a coalition? No, uh, we don't believe in a coalition or an alliance. We believe in a patriotic front where cadres from the liberation movement work together. We don't uh, 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 take up one another's space. So while we are assisting the ANC as part of a patriotic front in escort to run that municipality because we've got two seats there. Didn't you have a coalition with the NFP? Now what happened is the NFP did not pay their deposits. So the residents of escort approached us and asked us if they can't vote for us and in return if we could share the seats. So this was in the previous election? That was in the municipal elections. So, the, so we managed with our supporters in escort and their supporters, we got two seats, but we intend uh, uh, telling the ANC that uh, if they want to remain in power, they must give us a position as mayor. And that was the Al Jamal leader there, that's uh, Hanif Hendricks talking to Newsbreak's Salma Patel. Now we heard from the KZN parties. Now let's hear from the experts because joining me now at the IEC Center in Mabel is political analyst Dr. Lubna Nadvi. Doctor, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. So, Doctor, due to time constraints, I want to jump right into the discussion. It's that time of the week where we discuss coalitions and kingmakers. It is the main topic of discussion at the moment. For the uninitiated, though, what are coalitions and why are they so important? Well, very often when you have parties that have less than a majority in an election, obviously, uh, you know, they need uh, the support of other parties to make up uh, that uh, majority that uh, is required in order to form a government. Uh, and in some instances, you're finding that some parties may have less than 50% or, you know, much less. Uh, and if they have discussed uh, coalitions with other parties before going into elections, it's very likely that those uh, parties may decide to co-govern uh, and come together. So members of their parties will then form the government and, of course, uh, you know, be on the uh, uh, national and provincial um, sort of assemblies. But... Uh, Coalitions are something that are quite complex because like we've seen in, for example, uh, the Nelson Mandela uh, Metropolitan and, you know, the Eastern Cape region, uh, there's a lot of contestation. And unless the parties actually agree to work with each other um, and they don't fight with each other, coalitions don't really work. But then we might see, you know, once the election results have come in for this election, then only will we really see uh, whether coalitions are required. It might be the case in some places, but um, given the ANC is uh, showing thus far, um, I'm not sure that many coalitions will be formed. Yeah, we have been speaking about it off-air, Doctor, and um, there is some speculation that here in KZN, or that KZN might fall below that 50% mark. Smaller parties then might be instrumental in a possible coalition. What's your thoughts on this possibility? It might be the case. Um, at the moment, the NC is just slightly over 50%. So I think that unless the IFP uh, takes away more votes from the NC, 
uh, or some other dramatic thing happens, um, you know, it will remain. Uh, uh, and the ANC region has always, uh, or the KZN region has always been an ANC stronghold, you know. Uh, so I think that uh, we can only really speculate and we can only really tell for sure once the uh, votes uh, have all been counted. Um, I anticipate that the uh, NC will hold on to KZN, um, although it's um, you know early days yet. Yes, it is still early days. Uh, 21.41% of voting districts completed at the moment. Just a final question with you, Doctor. Another topic of discussion is the fact that the ANC party elections head uh, in the Western Cape, that's Ibrahim Rasul, says that he is confident that the ANC in that region is what he calls out of the, quote, ICU it found itself in back in 2016. Now, is this something that you agree with? And what's your take on the ANC in the Western Cape in 2019? Well, it seems to have uh, improved slightly, um, you know, because of all of the internal party wrangling that's been going on and uh, the instability uh, in the region. Um, the DA will hold on to the, the province. There's no doubt about that. But I think that perhaps the NC has worked harder to create more stability within uh, the party, uh, you know, and Ibrahim Rasul as the sort of head of elections for that um, province, um, I think represents some degree of stability for uh, the NC. But I think that uh, we will wait and see. The NC might go slightly over 29 or 30 percent that it has right yeah, now. At the moment, yeah, about 30 percent at the moment. But as we say, it's still early days. The DA on 54.8 percent currently. That's right. And so uh, the DA will certainly hold on to the Western Cape. There's no chance that, uh, you know, yes. the NC is going to catch up with it. So if you ask me about the NC's position in the Western Cape, I'd say that basically it's improved slightly. There's been a degree of stability uh, as a result of, uh, I think, the party figuring out that it has to get its act together. But uh, it will still remain uh, second uh, going into. And look, um, metros like Cape Town uh, are very important important for the South African government. So ideally it would have wanted to win, uh, you know, the Western Cape. But um, sadly, uh, clearly the DA has a much uh, stronger uh, presence. Uh, and the city of Cape Town is always coming ahead as, you know, a well-managed uh, met uh, metropolitan uh, area. So I think that uh, the NC has to work much harder uh, to, to get that uh, region uh, and to win it. Well, political analyst Dr. Lubna Nadvi, always a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time this Thank afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. Let's move on to some other issues uh, this afternoon. Still uh, quite a few stories to come, so do stick around. We will end off the broadcast uh, at 2 p.m. this afternoon. Now, internal engagements between the South African Municipal Workers Union, SAMU, and the employer continues this afternoon. SAMU Provincial Secretary, that's JC Nkanana, has confirmed that both parties have agreed to stop industrial action and workers have returned to their jobs. Now, both parties have since agreed to phases of further engagements to resolve the issue. The outcome has been agreed upon. It has been agreed that there are going to be some phases. The first phase is where both parties agreed that the industrial action has to stop. It occurred late on the 7th of May. And in another phase, which is an internal engagement between two parties, will continue today at 2 o'clock. 
But I can proudly say workers are back at work just because of that agreement we signed on the 7th of May. And how has this decision been received by the union? There were mixed feelings, but the bottom line is that we couldn't keep that kind of situation forever. We had to change our minds and attitudes so that we come closer to each other. And you mentioned further engagements. What then will be discussed at these engagements? The integrities of the content of the agreement agreed upon, that is the thing that is going to be discussed. And that was the Samu Provincial Secretary, Jason Kanana, talking there to Newsbreak's Chanel Daniel. And Chanel is actually joining me here in Mayville. She is uh, keeping an update on what's happening regarding the results especially on the KZN side of things. So, Chanel, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. And what can you tell me about KZN, the provincial legislature results coming in at the moment? Very good afternoon, Matthew. Well, the voting district's percentage sits at 22.64%, with the top three parties being ANC, IFP and DA. The top five would be ANC at 56.22%, IFP at 18.87%, DA at 11.29%, EFF at 8.48%, and the NFP at 1.40%. The status is 1,106 of 4,885 voting districts counted, with the total valid votes at 5 579,375. The spoiled spoiled votes are 9,684. Thank you so much, Chanel. So yes, uh, as you heard there, voting districts completed just 22.64%. That number is rising as the minutes go by, but it is still very slow and uh, there is still a lot to happen uh, before we can give you some concrete details of uh, reg- uh, regards to the results coming through. But uh, back to our news-breaking stories this afternoon. Voters in Chatswood, south of Durban, are eagerly awaiting the election results. Residents say that they're hoping for drastic changes in the area. Newsbreak's Magashni Motian spoke to residents who were at the Glenview Primary School voting station in Chatswood. In this area that we live in, we've always been neglected. I'm hoping for the party that I voted for will make a change. We've given a chance for over 20 some odd years so i think it's time we gave the other party a chance to prove themselves if we want change in this country we need a change in our community look at our community people we voting for we want to see the changes we don't want promises we're tired of promises we want to see change we want action rather than words actually voting for the first time I hope that you know there is some change that's done in our country, better job opportunities. Nowadays people are living from hand to mouth because everything is high, petrol is high, everything tax is high, everything is too high. We need something to come down in our community where we can live a better life and a better future for our kids growing up as well. What I'm seeing there's drug people around. The reason why they are doing that because of the government, there's unemployment, which causes them to lead into other things. I want change in our country. As you know, our government is giving us nothing. The only thing that we are doing is that we are paying, we are giving our government. Our government is not giving us back. It's just a take situation. This is our motherland. This is where we are born and brought up. This is our country, South Africa. Whoever wins the vote over here, the first thing is deliverance. And it comes from the heart. And if 
if, if we don't get it, then what we do is people must stand together and get the person that won over here out of this area. So get somebody else. Yeah. We enjoyed voting because to see other people that walk in next to me, against me, being old and sick, they also came with me and we all did the voting together. That's, we appreciate it. But the thing is the government, we've got to see what plans they have for us. Everybody, even people can make promises, can be broken. And that was a few residents of Chatsworth, South of Durban, talking there to Newsbreak's Magashni Motian. Dr. Mindy Lahiri is a talented obstetrician with a chaotic personal life who struggles to find the perfect relationship, remain focused at work, stay current on reality TV and channel her inner warrior, Beyonce Pad Thai. She shares her practice with three doctors, one who is in an on and off relationship with Mindy, the other who is the resident punching bag and the frat boy who knows nothing about the opposite sex. The Mindy Project starts Friday 10 May at 8.30pm only on SABC3. It's a jam-packed sporting weekend on SABC One this Saturday. Playing for the coach features Tabo Sinong at 1.30. The man that will lead Amajita at the under-20 FIFA World Cup Poland 2019 later this month. At 2 p.m., Soccer 411 leads the soccer discussion of PSL matches playing simultaneously as the AFSA Premiership closes the curtain of the 2018-2019 season. Laduma brings you title contenders Orlando Pirates against top eight hopefuls for Luana City at 3 p.m. EFC at 8 p.m. on SABC3 as Team Soldier Boy clashes with Team Lazar. Brought to you by SABC Sports for the love of the game. Yes, you are tuned into Newsbreak on Lotus FM as results continue to come in from the 2019 national and provincial elections. Let's bring the program to a close this morning. Uh, lots uh, more to come with regards to results, but just a quick wrap of KZN. ANC in the lead with 56.22% of the support. IFP 18.87% in second place. DA 11.29% of the votes there. And this is with 22.64 of the voting districts completed. So do take note of that. There's still a long way to go. Before I actually leave, I'm going to hand you over to Talisha Naidu, who's joining you from the Results Operations Center in Pretoria. She'll give you an update very quickly on the national results. Well, thank you, uh, Matthew. Coming to you, yes, from the Pretoria Results Operations Center. Uh, just to let you know that uh, before I get to the national results, just a quick look at uh, Gauteng. Well, the ANC at 50.19%, the DA at 27.93%, and the EFF at 13.95%. And a national look now, the ANC at 56.23%, the Democratic Alliance at 24.01%, and the Economic Freedom Fighters at at 9.19% and the voting districts completed sitting at 42.04% with voter turnout at 65.46%. It's been a delight to be in your company from myself, Talisha Naidu and my colleague, Taresh Hari Prashad. It's our bid for the day, but you can keep uh, in touch with uh, Newsbreak on Twitter at Newsbreak underscore Lotus for more updates.